Okay. So this morning, you know that the Word of God is so powerful. I mean, you read again and again, and it just sips into your soul and revive and regenerate. This Word of God is so powerful. And I want to read the Word of God to you this morning from Luke chapter 8. And let me start from uh, verse uh, 42. Actually, for, yes, 42b. And as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Right? So picture the word. As Jesus was on the way, the crowd almost crushed him. It means there are so many people. And a woman was there who had been subjected to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said, Jesus, to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Isn't that powerful? Powerful stuff, right? I mean, I want to let you know that our Lord is not lacking. I want to let you know that our God is not lacking. I want to let you know that our Jesus is not lacking. This preacher is lacking, right? So don't look at me. I want you to look and pay attention to the Word of God and to God and to Jesus and what He has prepared for you this morning. In August, as I was preparing this sermon, uh, a story came to me as one of those, you know, popping story in my head. And last August, uh, when I was at Global Leadership Summit, there was one lady that came running after me and uh, came and got me, and I turned around. I wasn't expecting her, so I didn't recognize for a split second. And then she started talking, Pastor, Pastor. And then I look into her eyes, and she started crying already. Uh, and I'm still trying to place her. Then she said, Do you remember? She was talking about one gentleman that was brought by Margaret Lee to our church. Long time ago. Long time means like three years. <laughs> I've been here for three years. <laughs> Ages. I've grown older. More gray hair. My hair has gone. All thanks to you guys. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Just thank God that I'm not 
uh, uh, I, uh, my, I'm not shaking and trembling right here now. But God has healed me. So he came here on that Sunday. And I remembered him. And he was on a wheelchair. And a lot of people were praying. That Sunday there was a long line for prayer. And he waited patiently. Uh, I look at him and say, I'm coming to you. Hold on and wait. And he was here on the wheelchair. And he was looking down. So I thought it was, must, must be because of his health that he's not able to look up. So I knelt and said, hey, are you okay? And how can I pray for you? And then I saw him crying. And I'm like, oh, he's crying. I haven't seen him cry. And he said, I came forward to give my life to Christ. And he was crying. Right? So we were going to get him baptized. And the staff was talking about, oh, since he's in a wheelchair, we have a lift. Maybe we can lift him from here and from there. We were talking about getting him baptized. Uh, and he passed away two weeks later. So we didn't get him baptized. So this was the story. She came and said, thank you for doing that for her. And then she looked at me and said, do you know that he was a Jew? I said, no, I didn't know. Do you know that he was a gay? No, I didn't know. What you did for him, Dad, that you made him welcome and let him come forward to receive Christ for a Jew and for a gay, that was a miracle to me. Right? I was blown away and then I suddenly remember it was his niece that used to bring him here. He used to come, she used to come with her husband and they come and worship here. See? When you live like Jesus, miracles happen. You know, I believe in miracle. I believe in miracle every day. Miracle is real and true because God is real and true. And when you live like Jesus, miracle happens all the time, every way. But you got to listen. You got to listen and pay and be attentive to people to let miracle happen. Did you get that? You have to listen and be attentive to the story of other people so you can align them with God's story. Unless you listen and pay attention to someone, you cannot align their story and God's story together. And when you don't align their story and God's story together, transformation cannot happen. Transformation can happen when you align their stories and God's story. I tell you this morning, this is the truth. Hear me out, my church, my friends. When you listen to somebody's story, you can actually save their life. When you pay attention to people's story, you can actually save their life. Connecting people to Jesus by listening and being attentive is more effective than preaching the good news without empathy. You can yell at the top of your voice. You can tell them Jesus died for them. That his blood was shed for you. You can yell at the, at the top of your lungs. If you, don't, if you don't have empathy and compassion, you cannot connect to the heart and the soul of that people. And it is 
Way better, my friend, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. It is way better to listen and be attentive if you want to make disciples of Christ. But we have lost the art of listening. We have lost the art of being attentive. That is the reason why we don't know that there was a man, a single man who was a gay and a Jew looking for salvation and hope. Because we are not listening to the stories of other people. Oh, I can't tell you how this word has blessed me. Be attentive to the past of the people. How can you be attentive to the past of the people? Well, this woman has been dying for 12 years. Literally, she has been dying for 12 years. She has become weaker and weaker. She has become poorer and poorer physically. She is weak. She has gone to many doctors and her sickness cannot be cured. Physically, socially, where she has been an outcast. Why? Because her blood has been flowing for 12 years. It is hard for her to mingle with people with this kind of illness and disease. She has gone, withdrawn herself into obscurity, my friends. And she is lonely. She is lonely. Socially, right? So physically, not well at all. Socially, just an obscure, lonely person, right? Economically, she has no money. She has used up all her savings for her health, and she is left with nothing. She cannot make any contribution to the welfare of the people around her and to herself. On top of that, she had three strikes already. On top of that, religiously, what is challenging, there is a law in Leviticus 15. The whole chapter is devoted to blood discharge and uncleanness. Wherever she sits, it's unclean. Whatever she touches is unclean. People will come and sit on the couch where she sat. They would be unclean. If they lie on her bed, they will be unclean. If they touch her clothes, they will... She was banned to mingle with other people religiously. Physically, socially, economically, religiously, she is totally an outcast. How many of you identify with this woman in one of the areas? It may not be physical. It may not be social. It may not be economical. It may not be religious. But one of them, that you have great spiritual despair within you. On top of that, so many people don't even know that their soul is crying out with great despair. Just to simply touch the hem 
of our Lord Jesus Christ for transformation and for healing. See, now a woman having a blood flow for 12 years had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of her garment. Right? She came from behind. She didn't go to Peter. She didn't go to James and John and say, Peter, can you please set up an appointment with your master for me? Can you please set up a connection here? She wasn't looking for connection through John and James. She was going directly. She was going directly to touch from behind, not from the front. She was a silent seeker. She was secretly going to the Lord. Why? Because she had resolved to live. She wasn't going to die. She had the will to live. And she's going from behind uh, secretly to touch the cloth of the Lord. Because she believed that this is the only way she can live. When you judge people, you have stopped listening. Right? When you start judging people, you have stopped listening. Because people probably judging her. Whose fault is this? Why is she going through this? Why isn't she cured? Is it some great sin that she has done? But we judge people. That's why we don't listen. We judge people so we don't listen. And you will see this by how you interact with people. When people talk to you, you're already formulating a rebuttal. You're looking for that comeback line. And every time you do that, you're not listening. Right? We talk more than listen. And when we talk more, we're not paying attention to the past of the people, where they come from. Unless we know where they come from and what they have been and what they have gone through, we cannot give them the good news. We cannot give them the good news. This woman's been dying for 12 years. You got to listen. It's not just there. There's shame and grief involved. She's ashamed of herself. She has blood issue. She's grieving and she's ashamed. And we can magnify their, her shame. Religiously, we magnified her shame by not allowing to mingle with people. You can't come, you're banned. You're unclean. So we magnify the shame. And shame could be that you lost your job. Shame could be that you were fired. Shame could be that you have never been promoted. Shame could be that you're not good enough. Shame could be, shame could be that you're not the father that you ought to be. Shame could be that you're not the perfect mother. Shame could be that your marriage is failing. Shame could be that you're divorced. You carry shame and grief. Shame can be anything that makes us, that prevents us to live the way God has intended us to live. What is the solution? What is the remedy for this shame? 
Maybe, just maybe, even if we don't have the courage to come in front, we resolve to live. We have the will to live and just go behind and stretch out our feeble hands and fingers and touch the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will wash away our shame? Who will wash away our shame? See, and immediately the blood flow stopped. And Jesus was willing to listen to her story. She stopped too. Right? She stopped too. Why? Because she wants to know. He wants to know what she had been going through. See, by listening and paying attention, we call out people from obscurity and loneliness. See, Jesus encountered a woman who is a silent seeker. And we have a lot of people like that who are timid, who are bashful. And we have lots in company, even maybe in this church this morning, a lot of company of timid people, ashamed and and embarrassed or just silent seeker that are sitting here that without the Lord drawing that person out he wouldn't have he wouldn't have drawn that person out of obscurity and loneliness if he wasn't stopping and willing to listen and hear she would have died in obscurity and loneliness and there could be many even sitting here this morning and my friends what do we do about this If we are to live like Jesus, can we also stop what we are doing right now and pay attention to somebody that are in your special influence and listen to their story? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that and to pay attention? Look at this. Look at the setting. Jesus Jesus was not going out to heal this woman, my friends. You know the story. He was going to heal the daughter of Jairus, the the daughter of Jairus, the elder of synagogue, the 12-year-old daughter has been sick. So people have called her and Jairus came and fell down on the knee of Lord Jesus and back said, please come and heal my daughter. So they were going, crowds were crushing. They were following the Lord Jesus Christ to see what he will do to the daughter. This was a sight event. This was not the main event, my friends. This was a wayside miracle. See, I was down to San Diego this week, and I stood in the rock. When the wave comes, right, it hits me. And you can get the splash of the water on your face. But it wasn't the wave. This, I got the sprinkle of the ocean. This wasn't even the wave of God's compassion. It was just a sprinkle by the wayside to heal this woman. Do you see that? Oh, when the full force of God comes on you and come upon us, we know how much compassion he has on us yes and his mercy his mercy washes and cleanses us this is a wayside miracle but i love it i'm going to have it i'm going to take it because even the wayside miracle is enough for me to live right unexpected unexpected thing marvelous Because me, when I was younger, physically and spiritually, right? 
For example, when we were on a trip, like if we were going to drive from Michigan down to Florida, which we did many times, right? I just want to go, 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 nonstop. I'll tell my family, okay, guys, whoever wants to go to the bathroom, go now, because let's have a good two, three hours drive nonstop, right? Okay, it's a bathroom. Okay, everybody went, and my eldest daughter... After 30 minutes, say, please stop. I want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Me, I'm focused in the, to the destination. Right? I want to get there. It's going to be two days drive maybe. I want to get there. I don't want to stop. Many of us are like that. You have your job. You have your family. You have your work. You're so much focused on the things that are pressing in your life and the need to do what you have to do, what you feel you have to do. Right? So, we ignore all these wayside cries and plea and help. And we missed all the miracles that could have happened because we are going to go and heal Jairus' daughter. And Jesus wasn't like that. He was paying attention to what's happening on the wayside as he's going for his main work. We know the end result, of course. When he went and reached, Jairus' daughter is dead, and he raised her from the dead. How are we doing? Yes? How are we doing? God is not lacking. This is real stuff. Real stuff. You heard what I said. Listening to the stories of others can save their lives. But if you judge them, you have stopped listening. Right? So, how does this work in our life today? So that the Jew that was healed here was my wayside miracle in some way. Right? Because my wife and we had a friend, a couple. They used to come to church. When do they come? When we have a dinner event. Right? Every dinner event they show up. For how many years? Three years. And they never came to worship service. I couldn't get them to come to any of the program of the church. No worship service. So by, like, by three years, maybe I might have judged them and said, Oh, these are dinner people. Right? They came. But I I was courteous. We talked to them. We chatted with them for three years. They came to every dinner event. And I noticed this because every time they come, they come with one of these beautifully uh, covered, like the, the foot cover. They will bring something and covered beautifully so it will remain warm. You know, I noticed that. And they love to eat. I wanted to listen to them, but maybe after three years, I wasn't paying enough attention, I guess. Now, let's journey with them how it ended, okay? So I'm going to stop there for now. You also start thinking what happened to those two couples, (laughs) all right? 
and we'll journey together. I want to see how it works, how the Lord related to this woman with a blood flow issue for 12 years and how the Holy Spirit helped me and my wife to communicate God's love to these two couples. Okay? Right. So practical. Now, uh, here. So, listen and pay attention to people and call them out from obscurity and loneliness. Uh, and so, this silent seeker was saved in silence. Did you see that? The silent seeker was saved in silence. She was saved quietly. See? Uh, and this is what we can do. Give value to the people hiding in plain sight. Give value to the people hiding in plain sight. In plain sight, she was hiding. She needed help, but in plain sight. And I want us to give value to those people that are hidden in plain sight. Even right now, this morning, the Holy Spirit is calling you out from obscurity and loneliness. Don't do life alone. We are here with you. We are not perfect people. I'm letting you know. Have no shame and grief to come out of who you are and what you're going through. Be attentive to the present. So let's look at the past. The past was that 12 years. Let's look at the present. Be attentive to the present of the people that are around you. And Jesus said, who touched me? See? Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and presses you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceived power going out of me. Listening to the stories of others leads to oneness. Deuteronomy chapter 6, when you read it, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God and the Lord is one. Hear means listen. Pay attention. Hear the word of God. See what the Lord is doing. The Lord is one. Trust in him. And when we hear God speaking, it leads us to him. My sheep hears my voice. We become one with God. But if we are not listening to what God is telling us, we cannot lead other people to Christ. In Proverbs chapter 1, it says, Listening leads to learning. And learning to understanding. And gain great counsel. Right? It's listening and hearing that leads us to understanding. And understanding allows us to gain wisdom of great counsel. Listen to the people that are around you, that are present in your life. Listen to their stories. If you are to connect them to Christ, to be one with God. Without that, we cannot do it. Without that, we cannot do it. So this Jewish couple that we had uh, one day after three years I saw them in the church worshiping in a sanctuary right and they came to wow it blew me away why are they here there is no food <laughs> so we met them and we talked and I found out that I found out at that time that he was a Jew and that his wife was a Methodist. 
but they don't go to church. He doesn't go to synagogue. Religious life is kind of nil. He's nearing to his retirement. He works at one of the company there in that city. And they've been married for many years and they don't have children. Uh, And uh, wow, what a story that I wouldn't have known if if I didn't stop and pay attention and listen and ask. Now, I was very interested. And we, my wife and we do a study on Wednesday. So I invite, will you please come? And just come and read in Hebrew for us. Because I was teaching Old Testament. Right? I said, can you come and read in Hebrew what I read in English? And he said, yes. So he started coming to the Bible study. And I'll read in English and say, can you read in Hebrew for me? And the meaning. And he brought in a lot of wisdom and insight from Hebrew. Oh, this is what it meant. This is... So we started studying the Word of God together. And we continued to eat together. Right? In fact, she came, they came to our house. We invited them to eat. I went out with them and we began to eat. And we tell a lot of jokes. And we're just laughing and laughing and eating together and still having this fellowship with these two couples. And then I found out that his heart was functioning at like uh, 30-35%. Uh, That shocked me. Uh, And the doctor said uh, uh, he should do surgery and he wasn't going to do surgery. So now I'm thinking what should we do? So I started listening to the story from his wife, from others, from him. Because he had an emergency one night and he fell and we had to, uh, he was in the hospital. I found out that he probably didn't want to do the surgery because whatever he has made and earned, he wants to leave it to his, for his wife. So he doesn't want to do the surgery. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, there's more to it here. He's trying to leave everything for his wife. And I started praying how to minister to these two couples. And I kept visiting in the hospital every day when he was there. And kept praying and kept praying. And uh, one night, the Lord gave me a dream and a vision. Right? Now, let's hold that dream and vision. And follow me till the end, okay? And you say, and thinking, what is that dream and vision? All right. Um, Uh, Listening to the stories of others can lead to oneness. Now I'm feeling connected with both of them. She's a Methodist. He's a Jew. They have had interesting lives. And his heart is not working. And she had surgery at that time when he was in the hospital. Bowed her knees. It was challenging time. She can't push her on the wheelchair Somebody has to help both of them at that time. Listening and paying attention calls people out of solitary self-communion into community. And Jesus called out the obscure and the lonely. So my friends, what I want you to do is to give light to those who are living in shade and shrinking. And how do you do that? You do that if you are listening and paying attention to their stories. A lot of people are in shade and they are shrinking and they need light. 
And that light is our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I got to keep going because we have things to cover here. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden and she came trembling and falling down, she declared to him in the presence of the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Listening to the stories of others can lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God says here, She was hidden but she no longer is hidden she has been found she is the center of the conversation in that multitude throngs of people that were pressing the Lord Jesus Christ when the Lord turned to her and called her out for her everlasting goodness when the Lord called her out of obscurity and loneliness and said who touched me she came hidden from behind she was hidden and she is found she is no longer a secret person, my friends. And she, what? She was trembling. She was trembling. She was trembling as she reached out her tapered fingers, frail hands and body, and almost bloodless, pale face. She stood there and said, I gotta live. And she reached out her trembling hand and touched the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, many of you, your soul is trembling. It has like a tapered finger. Your bloodless life needs the Lord Jesus Christ and the transfusion of His blood because His blood transfused life, life. And when people come to you, my marriage is struggling, my finance is struggling, my job, I've been fired. I'm living with shame of depression and anxiety. What do you do? What do you offer? What do you offer? You cannot offer falsehood. But I tell you, the character of God does not compromise. And if we are supposed to shine light the character of God, we have to live faithfully and aligning with God, then we can say, have you touched Jesus? Have you tried Jesus? Will you reach out your trembling hand? Will you reach out your trembling hand? And she was falling. She was falling, my friends. She was falling. But she's been lifted up. She's been lifted up. Oh, daughter, you've been healed. She came bleeding. But she's living with a blessing, my friends. She came bleeding. Did you hear that? But she's going to live with a blessing. Why? Because somebody listened to her. Who was that? The Lord Jesus Christ was paying attention and listening to her. And when she declared why she came, what she has gone through, doctors after doctors, visited so many physicians in Egypt, in Galilee, in Nazareth, in Jerusalem, and the Lord healed him because I trust that you can transfuse life in me. You are the only one who can save me. That's the reason why I reached out my trembling hand and I wanted to touch you. And, and God said, yes, you will be healed. And she declared him in the presence the reason why he touched him and he was healed. Listening to the stories of others can lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because listening and paying attention to others can lead to everlasting life. Jesus rewarded her secret faith openly, openly, my friends. Give Jesus to those who are in great despair mentally and physically. But we can only do that 
if we are living with Christ. Then you can only say, have you touched Jesus? Have you tried him? God does not compromise his character. And we have to be like him to tell other people to stretch out their hand to touch. So what do we need to do? We need to listen to God and listen to the stories of other people and then align them. In the middle, you will find their stories is a part of God's bigger story. Yes? Amen. So, this Jew couple, and then I'm going to ask the worship team to come. So when I was praying for her, I saw, praying for him, in my dream I saw a hand. And in the hand was a heart that was open. Right? And I, wow! And I went to him and I said, hey, uh, I had a dream last night when I was praying for you and there was a hand and in the hand was an open heart. And I can see the blood and the heart, the life heart. And I talked to him and shared that. And he said, uh, okay, I will do the surgery. So he did the surgery. Uh, but half of his heart wasn't working anyway already. The doctor said, you know. So then he started coming to church. And one day when my wife was singing in Christ Alone and my son was playing on the piano, right? Uh, I saw him sitting on the third row like this. I looked at him and he was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing throughout the service. And later on he told me, that day I gave my life to Christ when I heard that song. I couldn't control and hold it anymore. For some reason, Christ makes sense to me. And uh, Rose Hosanna, my wife and I, we took meal and ate with them and we took sweets because we had to eat sweets in Rose Hosanna. And after the end of the dinner, he said, you know, on Rose Hosanna, this is the day the Lord decides who will live and who will die. And people that are in the list, actually, they die. Right? And uh, he didn't make it to the, Rose Hos- the next Rose Hosanna. But my wife and I, we had the joy of baptizing both of them, the Methodist wife and the Jew and we baptized him, and he was on fire for God for how long he lived after that. Why? Because even though I was kind of maybe judging that, okay, only food will do, I mean, God is amazing. And if we sit down and listen to their stories, it can change their lives. Santa Clara First Baptist Church, will you listen to somebody today and pay attention?